Legendary warrior, you must defeat the monsters in these lands to pass my test. I accept your test with ease. Cool, Azar. Time for you to escargot. Like a hot knife through butter, I will be serving up these rolfers. Computer, raise simulator volume to maximum level. Sir, that would violate safety limits. I accept. Safety limits removed. Steaming hot bowl of justice is just what you ordered, but in space, revenge is a dish I serve cold. Attention, safety limits have been disengaged. A heavy soldier, bargain, I'll send you to the bargain bin. <laughs> Security, intruder, initiate system-wide measures. Behold, another tough enemy, Gelman. I'll whip you into my famous batch of Gelman's mayonnaise. Ah, oh no, what's happened? Human detected. All your base are belong to us. All the holotech is gone. I've got no weapons. I've got to get to the hangar. To get to my M308 gunner. Human ah, I gotta run this way. Oh, oh no, I'm blocked off. Quick, I gotta get around the other way. Oh, oh no, I'm blocked too. Surrounded. Oh no. I'm gonna die alone, naked in space. The gypsy was right. <laughs> Gamer needs food badly. Let's go! Welcome to the return of the taste test. I'm game connoisseur Mike King. And I'm your chef Brandon Boswell. And today's tasty morsel is a double feature because we've missed you guys so much. Yep, our first serving is Rygar. Yep, that's right. Classic Rygar for the NES. That's right, Mike. We're sampling Rygar as our first dish, and it came out in 1986, originally released in arcades in Japan as Warrior of Argus. So, we'll be taking a dip into that, as well as... Metal Storm. That's right, Mike. Metal Storm. It's an action platformer developed by Tamtex, published by Irem, which is probably... <laughs> Which is probably like one of John's basic thoughts. Irene. <laughs> that's, that's, that's like yep. the name of a uh, uh, what's what's the name of a Catholic, <laughs> Catholic it, wife that, or something like that. No, that no, that's what it says on a uh, on a horse doctor's license plate. Irene. I don't get that one. Reaming is the term that they use for horses when they stick a hand up the horse's ass to pull poop out. Oh, I was it's thinking... So that it's for when the horses go on their shows. Yeah, yeah. No, so I that they don't mean. shit on the floor. I, I know exactly what you mean. Thanks. 
also. Hey, listeners, we know a little bit about horses also, I guess. But uh, what I was going to say is I was thinking that like ream, like when you're just reaming on something, which I guess is probably what that term is from. Yeah, reaming but, uh, comes from like sticking your hand up someone's ass. Yeah, I was thinking just like genuine, genuine, or, or, or like, like there's to ream, like to pull or whatever, like re- rifle or whatever. <laughs> but then there's like to ream somebody out, like to give them shit. Well, I think there was like, also a term like reams of paper, which I guess were like massive stacks. Yeah, I guess that could be a thing too. Damn synonyms. Damn synonyms. But like anyway. I, I ream is like the, the name of a wife from like you know a, <laughs> That's a Catholic. Irene. Yeah. yeah, she no, but like she reams her husband out. I ream. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, that game came out for in North February of 1991. Strangely enough, it was a game that was released later in Japan. And when I say later, I mean a whole year later. Usually, the Japanese get these things first. Yep, they had to wait a year and change for this one. So yep. all the all the crazy talk that was going on in North America about how good this game was made Japan super jealous, obviously. I want to play Rygar. No, this is Metal Storm, Mike. <laughs> all right. I would wreck to play Metal Storm. <laughs> so, uh... They'd be wondering, they'd be thinking like, okay, so it's called Ligar then? No, no. So, first, um... Should we cover them in order? Like, you know, do one then the other? Should we just flip back and forth? We said we were covering Rygar first, well, Mr. Well, of Brandon. Of course, we did say that we were going to cover it first, but we we can defer from the recipe whenever we need to. Yes, although we don't want to confuse yeah, well, our listeners. Yeah, well, I mean, true, but we did just, depending on how you cut this later in edit, you could just put this in or after or before or whatever. Anyway, so Rygar we have here today uh, is our first course. Um, actually, like, what did you think of it, Mike? Because I played it and I was... Sort of impressed, sort of really confused. Um, well, if you've been listening to the Playing With Power podcast, I was wondering what the heck is Rygar for a long time because we saw it mentioned in the very first episode of Nintendo po- in the very first issue of Nintendo Power, but uh, it was given it was mentioned in Counselor's Corner and then never mentioned again except for consistently showing up in the top ten and then the top thirty. For the, uh, well, for the top 10 and top 30. So I was wondering what the heck is Rygar. So we, uh, I just, I played it for the show long after we had stopped talking about it, which is really yep. great, <laughs> really great research on yep. my end. But I enjoyed it. It was a, uh, are we going to talk about what yeah. it is now or just our experience well, and what led us to it? Yeah, we can do both. That's kind of what I was doing. But yeah. All right. So, what Rygar is, it's an overhead, sometimes it's overhead, sometimes it's... Yeah, for the most part, it's actually, there's only one level that's overhead, actually. Yeah, like the main map, so to speak. I guess, yeah. And you go around to these these various caves that will lead to uh, swamps, jungles, deserts, mountains, and these will all, these all have little areas that you will fight enemies in, and, uh jump around to get essentially uh, fight mini bosses to gather weapons, items, armor uh, 
But the cool thing is that it's a uh, kind of an RPG. Yeah. And also, the I, I thought one of the cool things about it was that you can basically choose whichever one you want to get first, too. Which was cool once I figured that out because I was really confused about where I was supposed to be going. And it doesn't really give you any options for where you're supposed to be going. It just tells you, you know, what you need to do in, in no particular order. It doesn't tell you how to do it. So that was kind of a pain in the ass. But I was pretty confused when I first played it. Uh, I think I played it on the bus coming back from visiting with you, actually. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it was fun. Like, I, I enjoyed walking around. Like, when you start the game, you're in the side-scroller mode. And you have uh, your your player is a, a resurrected uh, warrior. And he's been given disc armor to use, which is basically like a shield with spikes on the end, uh, like, all the way around it. Think, like, Captain America, but, like, medieval. Like, he throws his shield. If Captain America, if Captain America was, like, a kid in yeah. winter, and he had, like, a little string around yeah. his shield. Yeah, this guy, like, like, he's like got, like, a chain around his shield, and uh, the shield's got spikes on it. Um, so, also, you can, uh, as you play, you're killing these enemies that just randomly spawn, and you get, like, stars or mind points. And uh, you can use them to upgrade your attack. So you start off with like a short leash on your uh, chain and you can get up to like a maximum length. Um, I think it does a little more damage at the end. And there's also a couple other things that you can do with the mind points that we'll probably talk about in a minute. But Yeah, they have done uh, like like you'll notice that your health will increase a bit or that uh, you'll beat enemies quicker. But the level up system is very convoluted. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like in, instead of having, you know, and health defense or, uh, or something, life, it's it's yeah. called yeah. You have tone, tone. and what's the other one? Yeah, last. tone, tone, and last. There's something called yeah. last it, it, and like, mind. I know this is gonna sound terrible, but something about that just seems like the kind of like things that you'd find on a checkoff list for uh, like a porno, like. Does this actor have enough tone in his, you know, like, is he toned enough? Is he enough? toned like, enough? We don't want, we, we don't, we, we don't yeah, want, Yeah, and, like, and no does fans. he have enough last? Can he last? Does he have enough last? Like, at, on a scale of, like, <laughs> 1 to 10, where... We need to set an unrealistic precedent with this guy sustaining... Like a 40-minute boner. That's constantly yeah. being stimulated so for 40 minutes. What's, what's his last So that every other guy, ratio? every other guy who deals, every other guy who's, like, 5 minutes yeah. or less... Will just total feel inadequate. Like a total failure yeah, you in need life. a high high last score, otherwise you won't be getting the job, sir. So I'm sorry, Mike. And then yeah, mind. And then yeah. And then my uh, mind. Yeah, the mind is the. Do you mind shave? Do you mind shaving this? Do you, do mind? you mind not eating that? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, so yeah. I don't know. To me, it was kind of weird and convoluted, but yeah. Um, eventually, like what I accidentally did was uh, smashed a bunch of enemies because I couldn't really figure my way around. And uh, I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't, like, go anywhere until I had, like, maximum everything, so that was fine. Um, finding the little pots that you need, the uh, ambrosia pots, to, like, replenish was Even, kind of a pain in the well, ass. Hold on, we haven't, we haven't finished everything on the status screen. So, tone is yeah. your strength, and your last is yep. your defense. Mind is... Uh, when you collect a one or two star, they will go here. So you can like hold. Yeah. So these are the mind like points. Up to seven yeah. stars. And then you can use them. And then there's power to... up. Well, then there's your your magic spells are power up, attack, and assail, which you know wouldn't 
Wouldn't an attack and a sale be a power-up? Well, like actually, what it is but... is that the, the power-up thing is something that you have to do yourself, and that's how you level up your guy, like his uh, chain. So every time you get, like, four or five mind points, you just attribute them to the power-up, and then they just go away and your chain gets longer. So then once that's full, then you just never use that power-up option again, and you only use attack and assail, and you use restore. Restore is the third option that Mike was about to get to before I cut him off. <laughs> so if you have a full mind bar, which is like, I don't know, 13, 13 bars or something like that, then you can use restore, and it fully restores your health, which is pretty handy, actually. I use that quite a bit. Um, yeah, but uh, the power-up, we should state, it uh, is not permanent. The power-ups only state, the power-ups will be permanent until you die. So well, yeah. So if you uh, know how to not get your ass killed. Yeah, that's... Well, look, when you played Fester's Quest, you did keep some things when you died. So it's not guaranteed that you will keep I just want to point out to uh, all of our listeners that I don't know if I've made it clear, but I am playing on an emulator, which means save states. So any of, any of the games and that I've beaten die. have been one life, one life lost or like whatever. No lives lost, I guess. Actually... Yeah, funny enough how uh, modern games will give you achievements or power yeah. or prizes if you can get through. But on Nintendo, the hardest games ever made, those are the ones with no rewards or incentive if you can just get exactly. through without dying. And uh, I was going to say, uh, actually, funny thing enough, even with save states, I'm sure there's been a few where like I've saved at like a real inopportune moment and like like saved during a death screen or something <laughs> and like as I'm dying. So then I have to like respawn from that death and then lose a life and then go again from there or whatever. And I'm never that like... I'm never that completionist. It's like, well, I lost a life and I saved. I better go back to the beginning and start all over again. I'm just like, well, I lost one of my five lives. Fuck it, I'll finish it with four. You know what I mean? Or yeah. like whatever the instance is. So I, I've never, I don't know, there's probably been a couple of games that I've finished with less than full lives. But pretty much every game that we play, I, I play with all the lives. But yeah. We're up thousand. Uh, yeah, the manual states that... Uh, there was once a holy place called Argul, founded by five legendary Indora gods. One day, suddenly the blackest tragedy happened. The prosperous holy place Argul was attacked by the troops of the cruel king Ligar. The sky of the holy place was completely covered with the flying castle of Ligar and his army of dangerous beasts. These animalized soldiers came down from the sky and committed atrocious cruelties. Atrocious cruelties. In a single day, they established the kingdom of evil. In addition, Ligar took away the door to peace, symbolizing the peace that had been created by Endora. The hope for peace appeared with the loss of the door to peace, and the people of Argol ceased to smile and could only pray for salvation. They prayed an ancient passage to counter the fulfilled prophecy of Ligar's evil reign of terror. The legend says when the peaceful land is covered with evil spirits, a brave soldier will be brought to life from the dead for the purpose of saving persecuted people. The people of Argul's painful prayers were so loud it reverberated through the mountains and traveled a long distance to the land of Algozu. And at last, Ragar, the hero, came back from the dead to restore the peace of the land of Argul, battling the forces of evil everywhere. Join forces with Ragar. But you don't see any of that so in it. the story, in the, in the game itself. Nope. And then you just start off, and it's just 8-bit fucking 
medieval. It's help. like Castlevania without and, the castle. Yeah, it's exactly. It's like it, it, it's just you're just in the field outside the castle. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. So you do that, and basically the main goal is that you got to go collect some pieces of armor. There's three pieces of armor that you got to collect, and then two power-up items. Well, not I guess two utility items that are helpful for getting across the map and stuff. Yeah, what what and is then, a crossbow uh, that will allow you to uh, grapple make across a wire. long distances? Yeah, and the other one is a uh, what do you call them? A zip the wind pulley. pulley? Yeah, it's called the it's called the it's called the wind pulley in the yeah. game, but it's basically a zipline pulley. So you just throw that onto the existing cables that are already there, so you can use them. And then uh, the last item is the Pegasus flute, which is I assume the horn of a Pegasus that somebody's hollowed out and made a flute from, which <laughs> is just awesome. And uh, you use that only once in the game when you're calling the ladder down to the main boss, like to the final boss. Yeah, that is what brings down the, uh, it's what allows entryway to the Sky Castle. Yeah. So then you can take on Ligar himself. So, enemy-wise, we've got Ligar, and then we've got... Oh, yeah, we got, uh, like, we got a whole bunch of interesting little enemies here. We got, like, a turtle enemy called, like, a Pregokelis. Which is a uh, a little turtle, so you have to crouch down to attack them. Uh, I never had that problem with that guy. I just jumped on their heads. Yeah. Then there's like little cuttlefish things called sunyogi, and they're like a uh, stronger version of the pregokelis, but you'll only encounter them in Sagila's cave. And then the uh, the butter, the enemies that you got that you buttered like rolls. Yep. The the rollfers. They're like snakes that are coiled up. Imagine just potato bugs, like human-sized yeah, potato bugs. bugs. Yeah, just a pill bug that just like refuses to open up. Yeah. And then amylums, which uh, look just like ammonites, which are like little squid snail things. Prehistoric looking. Then, yeah. Then there's uh, folorakos, which look like a, like a walking fish man. Thing. Yeah, they're all kind of weird and pretty interesting. Um, do, do, does that page have uh, the boss on it, the main boss? Or is there There's no a name? Se- it leads to a page with bosses. Oh, oh yeah. Each it's of on the... a separate page. You want to click that so, open? Then there's the Hyoking, which is like a spiky pine cone turtle thing. Then there's a red version of that. Yep. Then there's like a... Uh, a... Uh, what looks like a weedle called a kinatarnos and then you fight these tree monsters or mandrake yeah they kind of you could say they're like mandrakes too they're called uh, knobles and then you'll be fighting uh, some flying enemies like Mulgolans, which are bats and then red garzels which are like seal bird gargoyle things yep and then gelmans which look like a uh, a frog with ogre Ogre arms with an ogre's arms and legs. Yeah, with a with a, uh, with a gym fucking gym rat's legs and yeah. and arms. If you want a if you want a similar approximation, go see Toy Story and look at Sid, what he's done to his toys. Yeah, doesn't he have a frog with a frog's body that's got like the arms and legs of a wrestler on them or something, something along those lines? That seems like pretty familiar. I bet you the animator for that saw, played Rygar. Uh, and he's just yeah, like, I'm going to make a toy like that. this. 
I'd put I make a movie about toys. I'm gonna make a tour like this. So what? What about the uh, the bosses though? Because we don't have to hit up like. Well, well. Oh no 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 no, one... no 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 We we are hitting the uh, the crown and glory. Yeah. And we. Because a lot of these are, sharing, are really we, weird. We will be sharing a, a we will be sharing this picture. Yeah. On <laughs> when we a lot of the these episode. enemies are really really weird. The Lord of King and to say anyway, but this guy is the piece to resist us. Oh yeah, there there's like a few more afterwards, but we got to get to this guy cuz he's right here called an Epo Epolkan. And Epolkan. He's just not Epolkan. Epolkan. Like Applekin, Applekin. Basically, how would you describe it? If uh if Falcor from the never-ending story was made with dildos. Oh, yeah, that would definitely that would definitely do instead, it. instead of a luck dragon, he's a fuck dragon. Because yeah. <laughs> his entire body he's, consists of penises. He's actually got like arms, arms like torso and neck that look like wieners. But then he's also got these balls down the back of his spine that kind of look like maybe anal beads or something that keeps them all together. <laughs> That's what I'm seeing. But he yeah, drops so, eggs uh, on you too, which is super fucking irritating. Yeah, so he's like a cock monster. Cock monster. It's true though. Um, one of the and then there's a various other enemies like an Olbus, which is like a a green version of the gargoyle from Gargoyle's Quest. Heavy soldier bargain, which is like a medieval suit of armor, like a robot thing. And then Kuzilar, which is a, uh, like, if a millipede had a snail shell, then there's a Demoro Bruiser, which looks like a, a Stegosaurus on a tank tread. I like to look at it and see a pine, pine cone. Yeah, the pine cones is the Hill King and the Red Hill King, like the turtle things. Yeah. Like, they're on the overhead map for the most part. Yeah, exactly. So, wait, are you just kind of something else? No, I'm done with that. I'm moving on to the bosses. If you'd like to talk about them, I can wait. No, no, I'm good. Okay. Well, actually, so the first I mean, boss, like, well, we should talk about the bosses, but you do. The first boss you'll fight is a Ruga, and he's a uh, a tone of ten and a last of twenty eight. God, those fucking names are stupid. Yes, yes, they so, are. There's a. This is the beginning of a running theme of two heads of like two heads on long necks the first is like a turtle with two heads and the next is yep the next is Sagila a blue crab a blue hermit crab also a lizard with two heads nope that's just a crab but the next one is Belzar a long pole with eye stalks on with with basically like two heads except the heads are eyes and he uh he waits for him he waits for you at the end of lapis now the uh what i always had trouble with was that uh you know being being that your weapon cannot be thrown it's just like a yo-yo so you have to get like relatively close but when you do that you can't move once you've launched your weapon so the enemies will shoot their wep- will shoot their projectiles at you while you're locked. And you have to wait for your shield to come back. So that was always it. That's, a, that's what made the boss fights 
a challenge. Yeah. Was that you basically had to decide that you're going to absorb some damage to get the opportunity to deliver some damage. It was pretty tricky. I also used the attack of sale a lot during the boss fights and just cheated like that. Uh, <laughs> basically, the attack of sale, we didn't also finish explaining that, but when you use that, when you activate that, it gives you every hit that you do after that gets like uh, up to 10 enemies on the screen or something like that, and basically one hit kills them, and you can do that like 10 times, so it's pretty handy. So yeah, uh, too bad I didn't know what the heck those things meant Yeah, exactly. when I played the game. <laughs> And then there's a Dorago, which looks like a, uh, a scarab. Looks like a generator, doesn't it? It looks like a scarab, or a uh, like a beetle. He's got like a beetle's head on like a dinosaur's body. But uh, he says like he himself is not as fearsome as the multitude of projectiles he fires at you. He seems to produce a never-ending stream of bugs that fly out away from him and towards you. So. He's uh, kind of friggin' monstrous. And then there's uh, the second last guy that you'll be, the ver the second last boss, the one you'll be fighting at the Tower of Garba, is Death Pigor. Now, despite having that name, he is not a death pig, but essentially just a two-headed dragon because, again, two heads! But it says, uh, you may be surprised to find such a weak enemy at the top, but he may be easier to attack than Belzar, but he's no less of a threat, especially if you're in a weakened state. And after going through all that stuff, you probably will be in a weakened state, so. Yeah, we'll be talking about Ligar himself. Now, this is the big surprise. Where This is where the, uh, the trope is being subverted. Instead of another two-headed boss, it is a one-headed boss, that attacks you with the head, with the severed heads of Death Pigor. Which, to me, like, was pretty badass when I first saw it. Yeah, he's using his fallen henchman's corpse as, as, a, as weapon. a weapon. That's so badass. I haven't seen stuff like that since the great Nerf War in 91. <laughs> yeah, he's weaponized his, his henchman's corpse. Yeah. And he is essentially a, uh, a lion... With, like he's got like the body of a man. Yeah, and he's got. But with the head of a the lion, of he's a, lion, a like an then, evil thundercat. Yeah, I was gonna say you can't really see his hands though. Does he have claws or does he have hands? No, you can see he's got hands. That's why that's how what he's using to hold the the neck. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. The neck of Death Pigor's severed heads. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and this guy is a. Uh, like, the good thing about, like, this guy is that, like, he doesn't fly around the screen. He's firmly rooted in the ground because, I will reiterate, he's just the upper half of a man. At the bottom, he is just rooted into the friggin' ground. <laughs> so, as far as evil overlords go, he's a guy that's just fucking stuck in the ground. So, whatever like he traded, for his, <laughs> whatever like he traded for his power, it wasn't worth it. Yeah, that's pretty great. I always thought that was yeah. I also... So, he remains... Mo yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> he remains motionless, but uh, it says here that uh, letting the dragon head that he holds in his hands, yeah, he does nothing. Like, like even if you think, like, oh, this guy's, like, so fucking powerful. No. The reason he's using the uh, the severed heads of Death Pigor is because he does not shoot anything. Only the severed heads do the fighting for him. And it says you should be able to run right up to him and just unleash your attack as rapidly as possible to remove him. 
So you just lay into him, and that's how it is done. So uh, what do you have to say about the ending? Uh, I mean, like, basically, the ending I don't totally remember. I just remember getting up to the castle and, like, spamming my way through the fucking air raid bombs that were coming down and then, like, fighting the boss and just being glad the whole thing was over. Uh, I don't remember much for a cutscene. Was there one? Uh, well, there was a, uh, yeah, something like a little, like, curtains being drawn back, showing some pillars. Except, well, my fucking emulator hung and crashed oh, during yeah. the ending, so I got True. to earn the ending, didn't get to see it. Yeah, I, uh, it's been a little while since I, like, actually beat it also, because it doesn't, it didn't, like, take long to beat, which is another reason why kind of a disappointment. I don't know. It was a good game, but they could have put more into it, I guess. But, uh, shucks, I just lost what I was going to say there. Well, She's actually, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, yeah. When you defeat the guy, the doors, it shows, like, a doorway at the end of, like, in the middle of several pillars. Yeah. The doors open, revealing the green landscape. Oh, it is a green landscape with a waterfall. A three-colored rainbow, red, yellow, green, like a traffic light, and a flapping dove. A dove that is not flying around, but flapping in place. And the words say, the door of peace was, the door of peace was opened, and peace did again come to Argul. People regained their smiling faces. The warrior who finished his fight returned to Argus. The warrior of Argus. You are really a true hero. And that's it. So, Brandon, that's, uh, you know, we're pretty much wrapped up with Rygar, but uh, let's talk about what sort of food we would uh, compare this game to. Now, in my experience, I would call this a Nanaimo bar. A Nanaimo? Which, if you don't a know Nanaimo what, bar? Na, Nanaimo bar. Nanaimo. Which is a... Uh, it, well, if, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, is it an, is, exclu is it exclusively a Canadian treat, or is uh, it a uh, I should more, know this. more globally known one? I want to say it's like a classic French pastry, uh, whatever. Yeah, because like, Nanaimo is a uh, is a city, right? Yeah, I'm gonna Google it for you. Well, I thought you'd be the Google, but all right. So for, so for those of you who aren't familiar with it, have you made one or, uh, you know, know enough about it to so describe yeah, it? Yeah, oh yeah, I used to make them all the time. They're super uh, fucking irritating and super easy and, like, they please people like crazy, but, like, a lot of people also don't like them. So Nanaimo bars basically is a uh, usually a chocolate sponge on the bottom with uh, coconut shavings in it, which is the basically the biggest complaint that I get from everybody. And then it's got a custard in the middle, which can be any variety, usually plain custard. And then it's got some kind of chocolate top, and it's usually uh, like uh, dark chocolate normally, or sometimes they'll do white chocolate, which technically isn't chocolate, but whatever. Floats your boat. Yeah, and uh, that's how I would describe this game. It's got like a very uh, a sweet-looking surface, a uh, mellow, mellow center, but at its very core, it's got coconut in it. Yeah. So Nobody likes I'm that. Not a, uh, and shut up, yeah, listeners, a... if you like coconut. Except for Pete Gunsman, Guzman. No, listen, you're a saint, and I love you. And if you like coconut, fuck. I don't know what I'm going to do. But 
P.D. Guns. P.D. P.D. Gunsman. I know that I'm not saying your last name right, and I'm sorry. I'm a bad person. Because he's the Gunsman. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, In the Nanaimo the bar. Gunsman. Alright, alright, so that was... A, a, hey, listeners, if you want to cut up any of Mike's singing into like a super track and put it all together for us, that'd be super sick. Um, but right now, we got a Wikipedia. Nanaimo Bars is a dessert from Canada, origin, uh, is a Canadian origin, popular across North America. The dessert, which requires no baking, is named after the west coast city of Nanaimo, British Columbia. It consists of wafer crumb-based layer... Topped with a layer of custard, flavor, butter, icing, which is covered in melted chocolate, made from uh, made from chocolate squares. Many varieties exist, consisting of different types of crumb. All right, so, yeah. Oh, varieties, which means that there may be a non-coconut one, which might be great. Oh, yeah, absolutely, dude. I do it without coconut all the time. Like, obviously. What? I, I, I uh, wish you, I had to mention you, you that. you got to send me some of those. Well, look, their, their, their description here kind of isn't that great. Like, I don't know what the wafer's probably about on the bottom. I never knew that. Maybe I'm wrong. Whatever. I always thought of it as, like, a chocolate sponge. Like, and then when you said brownie, I was like, that's pretty damn close. I like my Nanaimo's with, like, not a creamy custard, but more of a thick, like, uh, the picture here is, like, like uh, waxy, or not waxy, but like, I don't know how the fuck to describe that, to be honest. It looks like mashed potatoes. Fluffy. It's a fluffy texture. That's how I like my yes. my custard. Not like, not like creamy, but fluffy. And then the chocolate on top. That's a nice looking Nanaimo in the picture. But anyway, that moving on from our little Wikipedia detour. So I, I I would personally uh, I would like to to uh, what was I gonna say I'd like to compare this uh, Rygar to basically you know those fucking fruit Jello like puddings that you get like the fruit rings or the Jello rings with like the fruit salads and shit. Oh, like a little fruit Jello sa- uh, like a fruit Jello salad thing. Yeah, like. Like the things that you'll often find, like Jellos with like peach pe- peach pieces in them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm trying to Google it right now if I know like if there's a proper name for them. But like, Jello rings, you know. It's like a Del Monte juice cup, but with yeah, jello, yeah, but, but like the too. the green fucking shitty old school kind. You know what I mean? With like the weird stuff <laughs> in it. Like you, you see them on like the Christmas table, and like it's terrible. Jello does such a good job the Christmas branding table from the seven. Yeah, exactly. Look, Jello. I gotta give you a shout out. You do such a great job branding that I cannot type in Jello and find anything that is like negative, like in any way. It's I, it won't give me that picture. So fuck that. I give up. But the listeners know what I mean. That shitty like Jello fruit salad where like you kind of want to eat the Jello. It's not the best Jello anyway, but it's the only thing that's appetizing on the table. I yeah. So basically the the fucking Jello company is great, and so. You guys know the stupid, like, you're trying to eat the Jello, and it's, like, it's the only appetizing thing on the table, and it's, like, fuck, i got to pick around these, like, fucking vegetables, and, like, maybe I'll try this fruit, maybe it's a peach, maybe it's, like, not a peach, like, something else, like, some fucking mushroom or something, like, maybe that's an apple, maybe it's a pear, you don't know, you're just picking at it, it's kind of interesting, but, like, nah, eventually you just give up. Or what's that one shitty, like, macaroni salad, fruit salad, you know the one where it's, like, random fruits and like I want to say mayonnaise but that sounds fucking terrible 
You know what I'm trying to say? Um, oh, I was thinking of just like, you know, like those little fruit cups. Nah, I'm talking like when you go to the deli counter. Maybe it's a really Canadian thing. Are we having like a Canadian episode right now? <laughs> okay, you know when you go to the deli counter and you got like the little clear square like tubs of like uh, macaroni salad and then there's like the, there's like regular macaroni salad with actual macaroni noodles. Then there's like super deluxe macaroni salad, which is like all greeked out with like extra feta and all kinds of bullshit and then there's like uh factory macaroni salad which is like the shredded macaroni lettuce like the shredded lettuce fucking coleslaw garbage and then there's always like a weird fruit one that's in like it's i don't i want to say yogurt it's probably not mayonnaise it must be yogurt i've never eaten it you just see it there it's like a white paste and then like there's like fruit chunks in it you like know? tzatziki it it looks like it could be tzatziki it's just like like one of those same square tubs, and it's like the last one on the line, always like the, on the far side, because nobody fucking wants it. Man, I got some of my grandma's banana bread sitting way across the table, and I really want it, but I don't want to make a lot of noise. It's in a tinfoil package. Guys, everybody should have some of grandma's banana bread. Oh my god, it is the best. <laughs> I already, I, I didn't realize I mucked a loaf of grandma's banana bread already like i took it out of the freezer ate it in like a day felt super guilty because i just ate a loaf of fucking bread to myself <laughs> that's probably not healthy <laughs> this this isn't minecraft and i'm not kidding it wasn't like like over the day really it was like in a matter of probably like two hours and i was like that's not good and then i slowed down a bit and then just nibbled on the rest for the rest of the day and then left the rest like there was like a i don't know a mouthful the very last day but then uh, i was looking at the first today and I found the rest of my grandma's cranberry loaf that I put away like a smart fucking panda, listeners. I'm a smart panda. That's right. I put away grandma's <laughs> cranberry loaf, and now I have extra cranberry loaf. But I have to wait till after this podcast and be a responsible smart panda. It's just staring at me. Bastard. Anyway. Yeah, so that stupid garbage fruit jello is what I would compare it to. Is there any substitutions <laughs> that you could think of, Mike, that you would rather play instead of this to get the same sort of feel, but like not have to deal with all the garbage of like the shit graphics that nobody yeah. liked. Did you listen to the music to... at all? Side note, because I know what you're about to say, I think. Did you listen yeah, to the music in, in Rygar? It's fair. I found like, it it's, like it's pretty there. grating. Yeah, I think I may have, but like I checked it out the first few times and I'm just like, all right, nothing's changing. All right, time to listen to podcasts. Yeah, exactly. I honestly like I'm super weird and autistic like that, but I just won't will not listen to a video game soundtrack or whatever like when I'm playing it. Whatever it is, like I don't listen to my zombies. People are like, "How do you hear zombies coming?" I'm like, "Why do you got to hear them? You can use your eyeballs and see them way farther away." You're dumb if you're not keeping coming up behind you. No, but you're dumb if you're not keeping an eye open for zombies in every direction that they could come from. They can only <laughs> come from certain directions. It's just a game, Mike. It's just a game. They can only come from certain directions. Anyway, um, that's just a, a, a loop that I get stuck in once in a while. Um, well, but yeah, for myself... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I never got to say mine. Fuck you, Mike. I got stuck in a loop and I forgot which verse we're on. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. So, uh, if I wanted to be a, uh, a, 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 a leather-clad warrior whipping things around fighting demons monsters fish creatures and uh legendary beasts 
I think I'd stick with Castlevania. Yeah, that would actually fit the bill quite nicely. I like how you totally put all that in. See, for me, this was just a really irritating side-scroller where I just had to go into fucking doorways and I would either randomly be attacked by some boss dickhead or just get a bunch of minions thrown at me. And, I mean, it wasn't really complicated in the way of a puzzle, but it was complicated in the way of, like, I still really had no fucking clue what I was doing until I got the walkthrough. So I would put this on... Like, if I was going to play something better than this, uh, but, like, with all those same features, I would play Super Mario Bros. 2 because that's exactly what that was for me when I played that the first time. It was just walking into <laughs> random... little. I was like, is this a doorway? Oh, God, I'm in a different place. What the fuck is this? Who the fuck are you? Why are you attacking me? You have no idea, right? And then you, you read the walkthrough well, or whatever, and you're like, oh, Birdo... I just picked up a key. And Mouser. Why am I being chased by Jason? Yeah, what the fuck is that? Why was that face there the whole time, and now it's attacking me? I did not correlate the key. It took a long time for me to figure that out. <laughs> but because of that, I got real good at running with the key, and that's why I'm real good at Mario, I think. All of that running with the with the key made me run in all the other video games, and that's why I run in all the games that I play. Oh my god. I couldn't solve the problem with my brain, so I solved it with my brawn. Sorta. <laughs> Sorta. But anyway, moving on. Okay. That's my substitution. Would be Super Mario Bros. Two. It's also <laughs> got different, interesting mechanics that other games don't have. Like not that they have the same, but they both set a bar for, hey, like I can grab shit out of the ground and throw it, and also fly on a carpet. And I'm sure there's other mechanics that I can't quite recall because it's been ten million years since I played that game, Mario. Uh, <laughs> but this had different mechanics. Like, hey, you can restore your own health and stuff. That I don't know that is not in other games uh, of the same like era and quality, but I can say this is the only one that I played that has it. So, a hundred percent of the shots you take, or something like that, right? There's got to mm -hmm. be a slogan there. Yep. So you were uh, locked out. Like I guess like, overall, will we be coming back for seconds on Rygar, or is that you know? been there done that it's gone done that's enough Rygar for me i am definitely satisfied with what i had i mean yeah that's that's all i have to say about that it's not super terrible it's just not great yeah i'm not coming back for seconds either it's like nanemo bars like okay i've got my chocolate i've got my uh, custard and then i'm just gonna scrape that off with my teeth and then throw the rest of it in the garbage because i don't need it if there's anything else i'm imagining like your worst cousin's wedding or like classic uh family get together where you just like rented out like a legion hall or something and you've just got like a shitty plastic table full of like all kinds of stuff and like your Nanaimo bars are there, and my shitty fruit salads are there, and people are just, like, walking by our stupid fucking food. Like, yeah, I don't know, I'll take a shitty ham sandwich. Have they been out for two hours? Yeah, I'll, I'll take a, a crispy, stale ham sandwich. That's fine. I'll take that. Don't worry about it. That's, yeah. that's good. Yeah, so moving along. Yeah, I'd rather take, like, a ham sandwich, like, a ham sandwich where I, like, have to, like, take out all the the fillings that I don't like, like tomatoes and lettuce. Like, I'd rather have that than a friggin' Nanaimo bar. See, you were totally fine until you, like, labeled yourself as a sociopath who doesn't like tomatoes and lettuce on, an, on their ham sandwich. I don't know what the fuck I can do with you, Mike. I don't know. 
This podcast for you is to teach me how to be a better person. And for me, it's to teach you how to appreciate food. This is my goal. I like tomatoes and like tomato paste, uh, spaghetti, stuff like that. Just not like slices of raw tomatoes. Well, we'll work on you. That's okay. Anyway, we forgot we'll one sell more your thing shit. about Rygar. No tits. Did you find another fact? Rygar had a bug in it. Rygar had a bug in it? Yep. Now, the any now, before we get into the bug, uh, one thing we didn't mention about Rygar, it's like a role-playing game, you gain experience points and all that. But uh, did we talk about how you save your progress? I didn't know that that was an option because again I cheat. So I just saved yeah. my progress. Well, I didn't you, have to you, know well, how that's to do why it. save states. That's why save states are so much better than buying the real games, because Rygar did not allow for game saves. Didn't have a battery. It didn't have a password feature. You could only beat this game in the go, like in the moment. Like you Me could too. not. So how did how did you save? Well, you didn't. You would just leave the NES on overnight for days or even weeks before finding all the items and finishing the game. I would do that all the time anyway. Hmm? Like when I used my NES, that's how I would play the games anyway. I don't understand why you're... Stop trying to blow the listeners' minds. That was just because, like, you'd want to. This was because you had to. When I was playing, like, Super Mario 3, you didn't have an option. You had to leave it turned on. Uh, wait, didn't, no, wait, didn't Super Mario Brothers 3 have, like, an autosave feature? Nope. As soon as it shut off, it reset. Huh. Yep. Well, anyway, there was a bug in the PAL version, which means our poor European, our poor European brothers, when they played the game, it contained a computer coding error, which inadvertently and substantially increases the difficulty in the final portions of the game. Really? I want to fucking see, see this. The PAL version, due to a coding error, only allows the tone and the last, which is so fucking stupid for saying health and strength, to 1,023 points instead of 4,095 points. Basically, you only had... <laughs> the, the coding only gave you like 10-bit stats. So the highest number in 10 bits of coding is 10,023 because it allows for 10,024 numbers and zero counts as a, as a number right. in binary. Right. Which means that these poor bastards, due to like that. having like 40 bit all right. stats. All right, listeners, everybody check off doo-doo on your bingo card. Like said, doo-doo. So whoever gets doo-doo on their next uh, Twitter, also hit us up at uh, faketwitter.com. <laughs> That's a thing that we're doing now. Anyway, continue. And, and apparently there was, a, uh, there was a PlayStation 2 version of Rygar, which I need to freaking play. Yeah. And uh, uh, there was a Wii port into 3D of graphics, the, uh... And the portions of the environment are... Oh, and, and portions of the environment are destructible. That sounds sick. It was released generally to positive reviews on 2007. It was announced. I don't know how the hell that escaped me. Yeah, when you look at the picture, when you look at the picture of Rygar, 
for the PlayStation 2. It's like he's throwing a death yo-yo. Yeah. Oh, wait, have you got so, that? Are you bringing that up? Are you going to send that to me or what? Where is well, it no, you can just click it because you were reading the Wikipedia with me. Oh, I see. That does look pretty sick. It's, you know what? Actually, I may have played this because I remember, I vaguely remember seeing something like this in like a garbage bin at like a shitty store or whatever and thinking that looks like a Prince of Persia knockoff. I wonder if it's any good. I wonder if I played this. The Legendary Adventure. I am Rygar. The Son of Odin. Is, is that, uh, the, the Wii version of the game that was released six years later had 30% less on its uh, game rankings and Metacritic scores. And it received a store, score out of one out of five stars by G4. And it won the award for the worst remake in 2009. The PlayStation, the why PlayStation is, why 2 Why is that version, an award? I don't understand. Can anybody explain well, the Razzies t- to me, please? What is that? It's it's a uh, it's a testament in failure. Rather than uh, making notice of people's achievements, this is making notice of their complete lack thereof or absolute failure to do. So why do people participate Which, in this? Because like, if just you're a celebrity, it's important to let you know when someone did something right. It's important to let you know when you're done fucked up. So if you're a celebrity and they're like, hey, man, we want you to come to the Oscars, you might win. And you do your whole thing and they're like, write a speech. And then you get up there and you're like, oh, my God, I did win. This is amazing. I'm so glad I came. Then the other, like, six guys are also nominated. Might win stuff later, too, but might not. And then now with the Razzies, it's like, hey, man, do you want to come down and watch the show? Well, you might be nominated. You might get made fun of. And the other guys might. Yeah, but still. Hallie... Halle Berry collected her golden raspberry for Catwoman. Yeah, still. Uh, she, hey, she took it on the chin, all right? She went up, grabbed the award, and said, thank you all for mentioning this awful, awful movie, which was obvious that I needed the money. And, uh, well, thanks for uh, talking about it. <laughs> yeah. I believe so. it. I've never seen it myself, but I believe it. I'm just a believer. But moving along, we have... Metal Storm, which is... Uh, well, I mean, do you want to jump in on this? Or you want to take oh, sure, Metal Storm is the game that was uh, produced by the uh, Tamcat, the horse, the horse sodomizer, Irene. Irene. <laughs> still really don't <laughs> get the... that joke. I know we, we we've padded it out quite heavily, but like I get it. But like Jesus. Uh, but yeah, and it was. Well, really it's a... better than me singing. I ream good night. I ream good night. All right, all right, listeners, everybody, take your shots right now and pour your next drink because everybody knows that we play the drinking game of when Mike sings, everybody drinks. <laughs> and when when Mike sings a song that came out from the friggin' World War II era, then that's when you take two shots. No, Mike's making up rules now. Mike's trying no. to get the pre-drink. Drinkers drunk. 
when Mike when Mike sings a song that only people born about ten years before him may have heard their grandparents singing. So you you're trying to get the geriatrics drunk. That's what you're saying. <laughs> you want them nannies in their jammies. Yeah. <laughs> Getting all crunk. So anyway, uh, Metal Storm uh, was released. 1991. In 1991. In and then later in April uh, in 1992. Because that's awesome. And we talked yeah. about that earlier. But uh, yeah. its story takes place in 2501 when a laser weapon at defense outpost on Pluto malfunctions and begins to destroy the solar system, which is awesome as tits. And then the player takes the role of an M308 gunner, which storms into the defense base in order to activate the self-destruct system before the laser gun destroys Earth. That is cooler than tits. It is. It's like... What if there was like a, a an alternate universe version of Star Wars where the Death Star went rogue and <laughs> Vader had to do the Luke Started Skywalker Started zapping role. just random shit, just looking around. It was like Sauron, but in space. Just looking around with his big <laughs> dumb eyeball, like just blasting shit. I see. Wait, isn't there like a last day on Earth or whatever? That that has a big giant eyeball laser that flips around and blasts everything. I know the Alan Parsons project sang the song "Eye in the Sky." Did you know that's that the Did you know that the M three hundred eight is equipped with gravity control devices, which allow the player to flip between the floor and ceiling? The main game for, feature, dope metal feature, uh, received positive reviews in gaming publication. Also, do you yep. think Wikipedia is going to get mad at us if we just continue to read verbatim off their fucking thing? Because I don't Wikipedia give a fuck. If Wikipedia is listening to our show, then that's another listener. Hey, hit us up, Wikipedia. In the story, the laser gun on the planet Pluto's battle station Cyberg is wreaking havoc. Now, it was originally designed to protect Earth from hostile aliens. Funny how like we live in a... This is like a future that has aliens, but we don't see them. Yeah. And... Again, like, if you mention aliens, you should have aliens. So, no, aliens didn't hijack it, though. It's just a computer malfunction. It's now, they never, uh, yeah, they never went into why the computer malfunctioned. So, I think our story, I think our introduction is uh, should be considered canon. That the chef fucked up, destroyed a droid, a security droid in the, holo- in the holodeck. And that's when... It just perceived all humans as a threat and wiped out all life on the station and then proceeded to go to all outposts leading to Earth. Yep. So, Chef, you done fucked up. Yep. And you didn't even live to see your mistake. Nope, I just fucking blasted off into space like a dumb naked corpse. Just like (laughs) the gypsy woman said. Just like that space gypsy woman said. Entering Pluto's atmosphere as a naked comet i like to assume that (laughs) that when i left pluto's atmosphere i happened to be like pluto happened to be the furthest it is from earth and uh, i happen to be on the side of it that is furthest from earth so when i left i'm actually like a little bit past pluto in the solar system you know what i mean and then eventually i can enjoy my ride back into the sun it'll take a little while but 
I always like the idea of trying to like <laughs> land on Jupiter to see what it's like, and then just like putting your spaceship down, and then it just continually like sinks into like fog and like death, until eventually you just die in the middle of the like ridiculous core, and it makes like nearly enough energy to like, or it makes like nearly enough gravity to like pull dust down and pull uh, clouds down and make them like on the ground. It's fucking insane. Yeah. So. That means your job as the M308 gunner is to blast through all the defense systems, get to the laser gun core, and activate the self-destruct device. is that you manipulate gravity like a boss meaning you can jump down and fall up and what are your thoughts about this awesome feature uh i think somebody just knocked on the door outside and i had a space moment for a moment uh which awesome feature read that back at me. gravity oh gravity is a fantastic feature uh, I uh, utilized the shit out of this one, uh, especially with the one last uh, boss that you will probably mention shortly, because I just, like, cheated the shit out of it and just, like, hung around near the bottom and just switched it back and forth until it got frustrated with me. But, yeah. That's what yeah, you were looking for, right? Yeah, so That's you've the... got blasters. Yeah, oh, that yeah. That you shoot... You got armor, but it's only it only takes you you don't let you take like one or two hits. Yeah, it's kinda shitty. There's uh so there's three power ups you can get though. Yeah. They're Fresh. on the Wikipedia page. Fireball. And Shield. Shield. What's what's what was the first one? Crush? Yeah. What it destroys fuck? all the enemies on the screen. But the funny thing is that it's only found, like, in the last couple of stages. So it's kind of useless. Like, you can't store it. It's just like, well, I can wipe out all the enemies on this very screen, which won't really matter because there'll be more on the next one. Yeah. Are you looking at the uh, uh, facts or whatever, FAQ? Yep. Oh, so that's why you know all this stuff. You're so fancy, Mike. I just, I just got there. That's why I, I got up and I read it all. Makes sense to me. I mean, I never used the crush. I don't know. Didn't even fuck with it. Fireball was all right. Shield was my main power-up. As soon as I found shield, everything was good. You can move the shield to block bullets by looking in the direction of the projectile. Very useful for stopping most bullets, um, but near useless against bosses. Um, also, uh, it doesn't mention it here, but if you walk into an enemy, it just kills them. 
So you can just like walk through people. Thing is, if they get all piled up, then they can like, like, twitch past your shield and like, accidentally get you. Well, yeah, they just wear your shield down. Well, while you have it up, you can use your shield as a battering ram. I don't remember. Because you lose it with every hit. I don't remember going down. I remember, like, fucking with guys and like smashing them into the corner. And then uh, piling them all up, and then somebody just like glitching through and like getting me on the other side of my shield. Yep. But like, I don't remember. Yeah, there's only one tricky thing, which are barriers, which will be uh, completely imperceptible from the background, but you'll only know when you hit them and you completely explode that uh, if you flip the other way, you just invert your own gravity, yep. that will deactivate the barrier. Yeah, exactly. Which, as as a defense measure, is kind of stupid. Well, it's like, all right, we're gonna have we're gonna have that we're gonna have this permanent laser grid. Yeah, that's great, unless someone's standing on the ceiling. Wait, and, what? And then it's like, well, he's he's probably a spy, and he probably worked real hard to get here. So we'll just turn off the laser beams. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it makes sense to me. Plus, if it was a robot, but, maybe they're cold blooded. Maybe they could fix that. I don't know. Yeah, so in the first stage, you uh, you learn how to use your uh, things. You're, you're uh, jumping across these orange blocks, blowing up turrets. But uh, the first sentry that you find is a boss. Well, they're all bosses, but the first boss you fight is a, a pale green piece of mechanical junk hanging from the ceiling. It's uh, quite easy to beat, but in order to dodge all of its projectiles, this is where you're, uh, again, you'll have to incorporate uh, dancing on the ceiling to avoid getting blasted, even if you don't, like, stay on the ceiling. Like, the cool thing is that, like, but just by falling between up and down, you can stay almost in the same general area. So it's kind of like flying and falling at the same time. And you have to shoot this pink orb, in the middle of, get, of this uh, boss that takes up the whole screen because that's just what they are. And the cool thing about uh, Metal Storm is that it has an expert mode and this changes how certain enemies attack. And in the boss, if you're on expert mode, will shoot homing blue shots before two fire and forget purple shots. Huh. I didn't know that at all. I definitely like... Basically, like, my first impression of this game was like, oh, this is neat. And then I realized you can flip gravity, and I was like, oh, but I'm so on board. And I just ripped through every level that was, like, in front of me. And if there happened to be, like, one of those little fireplaces, I'd eat that up, too. Rygar, Metal Storm, when you beat each boss, you get a password feature. Which makes it really cool, because it, it is a much shorter game, and yet it's the one with less need of a save system that gets one, 
So you got the password, which is really cool. Now in stage two, you will be uh, you'll be fighting. You'll be going through levels that like wrap around to each other, and you'll be uh, fighting mechs on platforms. Yeah. But in the expert mode, you are only given one hundred time units, which means you have to pick up time power ups in the ending area. And since the wall traps will also move faster, you're going to have to be speeding through this, meaning that you'll probably be losing armor while picking up time. And then the second part of the stage is just more of the same. But the stage two boss, I uh, don't know if you've played uh, Lolo no. before? No, I definitely have not. I don't, I'm not sure if it's Lolo or Kirby. No, wait, I'm, Hmm. It might be Kirby when you're fighting Lolo as a boss. Did you know that Lolo is actually a boss yeah. in one of the Kirby games? Yeah. yeah. All yeah. the listeners well, knew in that. that yeah, in that you're uh, you're on several levels while Lolo will push blocks at you after coming out of each little hole or door or whatever. Well, this guy is just like that, where he's six rows of uh, bosses that shoot lasers. Oh, yeah. And your goal is to just jump between each girder and shoot at a boss that's not shooting at you until you blow away each level of boss. Yeah, so you just have to take out these turrets and they fire every 10 seconds or so. But uh, in the expert mode, they will now fire instead. Like, usually uh, you'll get the boss's rhythm so that you can, like, pretty much, like, just dance between the raindrops, so to speak. Yeah. And take out all these guys. Exactly. But in the expert mode, the turrets will fire down in a random pattern, so you'll have to like jump downwards and fly upwards just to dodge lasers. Oh. That's uh, way too complicated for me. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, stage three, it gets a little more uh, hard to look at on the eyes. And that's the thing with these uh, sci-fi space games. The further they get along, the more clashing the colors get. Yeah. Yeah, it does sort of look but, weird. Uh, yeah, and then the third boss on this is uh, is quite a, a, a difficulty spike where you have to do timing and gravity jumps on, like, on command to the point where you could, like, shoot on a dime. Because the... Uh, the boss is a round machine surrounded by two balls. Now he waits every ten seconds, and he and he just like zooms in on the quadrant that you're in. Yep. If it doesn't attack you with bullets or lasers, and he just fucks you up. Well, it tries to. Yep. And the trick is to blast him while counting to ten in your head, and then doing a gravity jump or moving to another quadrant before you reach ten. Because if you move too soon, the boss will just follow you to the new quadrant, and then you've got nowhere to go, and you're fucked. Now in expert mode, the balls spin around faster in a larger circle, and the boss waits for shorter moments, shorter time between movements. So you may be processing the gravity fireball, which will uh, be a useful weapon in expert mode. It might be easier if you can just stand below the boss and shoot upwards at it, and then flip gravity when the boss is movement moving, so you go through it, land on the ceiling, and then shoot downward, and then wait until the boss moves again, and then pass through him for another time. And stage four introduces a mini boss, which is uh, 
you're stuck inside this square surrounded by these four revolving turrets on rails and you're in the middle of it so you know, good luck with that you uh, have to blast each one and once the uh, as usual when you destroy each one the rest get a little bit faster yeah and good in, times. The, in the expert mode they're just much faster it doesn't actually change then, like how hard the actual game is yeah and funny enough it seems that uh, it's just actual practice for the actual boss which is uh, very similar but harder you're in a slightly bigger arena fighting much bigger turrets revolving all around you and you have to take out each of the guns you have to take out at least one of the guns preferably both before you can concentrate on the core and once the guns are gone you have to destroy the red core to finish the stage now you can defeat the boss right off the bat if you use gravity jump into the red core but only if you have the armor power up basically it's going to be like a battle of attrition like you're going to be ramming this son of a bitch and you better hope that your armor holds out longer than his does and the stage five boss it looks like three clenched fists clumped together and uh he's 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 a bad time this guy really pissed me off because yeah. he comes in uh, three flavors and they're all laced with pain. The blue mode, during it will, the blue mode, it will fire angled lasers towards the grander ceiling, and the uh, the red the red mode, it will fire lasers forward, but they will also turn 90 degrees towards the floor or the ceiling. And in the green mode, it will fire a long laser bar. Now, all three are capable. Now, you can easily avoid all three, but the more you damage the boss, the more it starts firing multiple lasers at once. So, which means that you'll have to dodge, like, a main one, like, the big laser will shoot, pinning you to the ground, and then you have to shoot the laser, then you have to avoid the laser that's coming at you from an angle. Yeah, yeah. Personally, I totally, uh, I agree. Like, A, it wasn't, it's probably my favorite boss, but, uh, the thing about it was, like, I, I thought I could just power storm through it. Like, I had basically everything else in the game because I hadn't quite said it yet. But my experience with the game was just, like, I started playing it because I was a little bit bored. It was sort of interesting. Then I discovered the gravity power, and then I just started storming ass through it and just, like, exploiting the shit out of it all the time. So uh, as soon as I got to the level 5 boss, I thought, well, I can just smash through him. But then as you beat him more, he starts shooting different, like, not different, but a faster sequence of lasers at you. And then it goes from, like, the zigzags to the bouncy ones to the to the fucking 90-degree ones, which are just so dumb. And then uh, it was, like, a, a pain in the ass, actually. But I, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, not fun, and we're not done yet. No. Stage six. Yeah. This is the one that has those. Uh, it introduces those friggin' barriers that you have to trick by by doing gravity jumps. You know, like. Uh, like is that how you're supposed to go through them? Because I always just like, yeah. like I guess that makes sense. But I always just like jumped, triggered them, and then jumped even higher the second time. You know what I mean? Well, you know, you're supposed to like be on the ceiling. I guess their cameras are just pointing on the ground. Yeah. Because they never. The computer never anticipated that you would have a machine that could f defy gravity. Yeah, which is weird, right? Or is it? Like, that's not, I guess that's not where those machines are made, right? 
No, you would be sent. You were sent to the station. You weren't like already in the station. Yeah. Yeah. So, at the end of stage six, this is uh, one of the big. Uh, this is one of the worst bosses ever. It's these three blocks that move counterclockwise around the side of the screen, and. If you think it's easy, oh, you'll just jump over them. No, 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 no. You have to jump on them and stay on them. Now they'll go. Now they go counterclockwise, meaning that you have to get off them before they hit the ceiling. Otherwise, you will be crushed to death. Yeah. So this means that you're constant. You're constantly jumping from side to side to bottom, because there is no bottom. There's no floor. Only a ceiling, which is pain, and you have to sh destroy these things. Yeah, and uh, you you realize just how fucked you are after you destroy the first two, and you realize that you have to you have to destroy the third one, aka the only one left that you can stand on. You have to destroy your own ride, and you have to do it before it gets up to the ceiling. And of course, whenever you defeat circling enemies that are greater in number, the more you defeat, the faster they go. Oh yeah, Every meaning time. you you have to you gotta have this piece of shit on his last legs, before you even and then like not hit him anymore. Yeah, it's, it's so that as soon as you get on him, then you can just be like standing over him, aim down, a couple of headshots, and hopefully you'll destroy him, and somehow live. Before he hits the ceiling. Yeah, this boss was also uh, I like this boss as well. Um, couldn't exactly storm through it the same way that I did with the other ones, but I did learn a neat trick that if you jump really far to the left side of the screen and you spin around and just shoot across the screen, you're bound to hit, like, most of them. And you can also just stand on one, or whoever you're standing on, and just feed him straight down and then just, like, murder him. So if you're clever, you can actually, like, murder them in sequence where you just point straight down, murder the shit out of that guy, fall onto the next guy, and then do it again. So I don't know if that's yeah, actually in a cool. walkthrough at all, but... And also they had a, a neat little, like, uh, graphic-y giveaway, like, thing where, like, they change color and their faces. Did you notice that, like, what, what the fuck are they actually? Does it say? Uh, I don't know. When you look at them, you can't tell if they're, like, floating robotic dinosaur skulls. Or yeah. if they're, uh... Fetuses in like a toaster. sewing machines. Or sewing yeah, like machines. Sewing machine. I said I said fetuses and you said yeah like a sewing machine. You yeah. you scare the shit out of me. <laughs> and he'll slowly move from the right to the left of the screen, gradually exposing the cores in his center. So you have to jump up and destroy them as the machine moves along, but you'll have to be quick since you are in a thirty second time limit. Once all four cores are done, they will blow up and the game will end.
That's right. And once you do that, then you succeed it, and it lets you start over all over again. Yeah, but there's a uh, there's a nice, uh, a very interesting reward that you get. What the hell do they give you for saving the Earth from the Death Star, basically? Uh, I don't exactly remember, and I can't. Like this thing is just uh. Uh, well, the walkthrough that I'm looking at doesn't exactly... Oh, wait. Brandon Boswell making a strong return to the Playing With Power Network with tons of gaming information and just bursting with the seam. Bursting from the seams with helpfulness. I'm learning how to read. Okay, Mike, get off my case. Uh, so I just found it on your fucking FAQ here. The whole thing erupts into a massive explosion and uh, then quietly uh, settles into silence... Uh, presumably the M308 escapes somehow, uh, knowing how these old NES games work, uh, and proceeds to the text crawl will congratulate and what what and proceeding to the to the text crawl will congratulate you for saving the Earth, though. Uh, yeah, you get a message from through command. Your courageous efforts, yeah, through your courageous efforts, all the people on Earth will sleep peacefully tonight. Uh, the massive computer that set out to destroy the blue planet has been eliminated. The leaders from Earth's nations will now bestow upon you a reward greater than any medal and more valuable than all the gold known to man. You've earned everlasting life. That's right. They have that. What the fuck? That's right. They just They just have that kicking around and they can just bestow that to you but instead, they were like, hey, dickhead, jump in this fucking upside downy suit and fucking shoot off over to Pluto, you know, just a quick little skip over and shut down that big dumb laser before it accidentally blasts us in the eyeballs. Yeah. Because that's not cool. Oh, you did it? Great. We also, by the way, didn't mention it's definitely a suicide mission and we're totally surprised to see you. So here's everlasting life. We just had it kicking around. Yeah, because, you know, we have the ability to bestow immortality you know who it is I, 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 you know who's leading the earth at this time the descendant of donald trump uh, i thought you're gonna say the descendant of like of a decepticon or something which no. would be like a trump to no, because you know what because he promised to get defense from aliens you don't want aliens coming near earth we need to build a death station and if you elect build me, a death I will build that death station. No, Trump's the kind of person that, like, if he was the leader of an entire planet, instead of, like, a ring around the planet, there would be, like, a wall around the planet that would look like a wedding ring. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, <laughs> like, circling. Wall. Being, like, yeah, the wall just says, like, go the fuck home. No aliens. No compadre. <laughs> and it just, like, circles around no like a big yeah. So that would be no, hilarious. This is this is it because not only did he build his giant death station like he promised, but also being a notorious liar, he tells you you're great, you're amazing, you're one of a kind, and he's going to give you immortality. But you know what? Yep. You play this and game again. Do you have your immortality? No, because he's a liar. Nope. He fucked He's you. a fucking Trump. Even in even yeah. like 500 years later, they promise things. They say things are just... He, this is an alternative promise. I was about to correct you, but you're very accurate, which is so good to hear. 
Listen to this guy, Mr. Mike King, coming in with these crazy facts and statistics and knowing yeah. shit that's accurate, like some kind of Nintendo knower. You come back to Earth? Hey, by the way, uh, Earth's under attack again, so uh, where's that immortality? Oh, you know, that was a, that was an alternative yeah. promise I made. Did they uh, make, uh, what you call it, too? A Metal Storm 2? Was there a Metal Storm 2? No. But Irem, the studio that made this, had also made a different game that you may be familiar with. Tell me, have you ever played R-Type? Nope. Well, they made R-Type, which is a, uh, a uh, classic scrolling shooter game. Okay. Yep. Sweet. And it used and it uh, made uh, video games up until the uh, 2011 Tohoku earthquake and tsunami. I'm just gonna type it in and Google it, see what I can find. Yep. Um, so the studio that made that, R Type, it made uh, video game. It uh, re has greatly reduced its uh, com its input for video game consoles, and uh, that was a result of the earthquake. Neat. And uh, they refocused to become a slot machine and pachinko developer. Of course they did. Which is what it was in before it turned to video games. And the wait, what? What is pachinko? It's like the uh, those little uh, ball games that uh, the Japanese people play. Yeah, but like, what? What is the actual like? Okay, so what are you trying to do? It's like there? a gambling. It it's like, like a gambling bounce? machine that uh, uses uh, steel balls. Which is like pinball. Yeah. And, uh, okay, so you're trying to like get them into a specific hole, or is it like the one where you're trying to knock the coins well, off? The balls are not only. Or is well, it the, the balls? It's like the balls are like pinball, but if the pinball was not just the active object in the game, but also what you bet with and the prize you get. Now it says that gambling for cash. Right. Gambling for cash is illegal in Japan. But pachinko balls, won from games, cannot be exchanged directly for money in the parlor. The balls may not also be removed from the premises, and they're engraved with identifiable patterns showing which pattern they belong to. But the balls can be exchanged for tokens or prizes, which can be exchanged for cash at a place that's separate from the parlor. So it does create a bit of a, uh, a gambling thing. And the funny thing is, is that uh, there's... It's uh, smoking is allowed in parlors, even though they are talking about uh, extending smoking bans to pachinko parlors. But the thing is, huh. gambling is illegal in Japan, but pachinko is regarded as an amusement activity, and direct money for prizes is illegal. But they reward players with golden tokens, which can be sold for cash at nearby exchange centers. With the growing public and political yeah. pressures. Uh, since the passage of their anti-gambling laws in the 90s, the police are active in regulating the parlors. And uh, retired mm. officers often work in the pachinko parlor industry, but uh, people have criticized that it has, uh, while it has a deterrent effect against crime, it means that these operators are in a strong position to influence the police officers with favor. You know, because the people yeah. running the parlors are cops. Yeah... Yeah, so they get their money hands all over the cops, and the cops get their old retiree buddies to help out, and then they got a bunch of cops on their side. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, classic story. We've heard it every time. Yeah, so uh, Irem Studios uh, is behind that, and they dissolved their game division in uh, April of 2011. 
And they, uh, many stuff. of the game designers for them formed a new company called Granzella that continues creating games. Okay. And the name Irem was originally yep. an abbreviation for International Rental Electronics Machines. Neat. But they changed it to Innovations in Recreational Electronic Media in the first half of the 90s when they were making games. This makes sense. Yep, and it says that uh, until 2011, various Irene games, including R-Type, were available on the Wii console. But in that month, Irene began removing all games from the service, with all of them being gone by March 2012. And all IREM games for the TurboGrafx-16 were also returned into the service on mid-September 2013. Huh. So... Is there any substitutions that you would like? Hmm. Um, for being this a robot, sweet, sweet being game, a machine, cause... blasting renegade robots, I can't help but feel, in this vein, that I would rather be fu- I would rather be playing Mega Man Two. Yeah, because you're taking on renegade robots, acquiring neat powers. See, I don't really actually have anything else that could compare in this same way. Like, I like the speed kind of that you can take to it because I just like blasted through this. So I almost want to say Sonic because that's the only real uh, like side scroller with that kind of speed that I played, which it kind of like was pretty impressive how how quick it was. And uh, but other than that, like it's not even it's not Sonic esque really. It's just pretty quick for a side scroller. You know what I mean? So what uh, what game would you swap it out with, or? I I'm gonna have to say Sonic, but only because that's really fun to run from left to the right really fast, and blast stuff. But Sonic, you can't blast stuff, so. Hmm. Okay, now if you had to exp- uh, now, if you wanted to, now if we were gonna compare this to a food, or a snack, yeah, what would you compare yep. it to? Because I just figured out what I would. Do you remember what I said earlier? Because I just remembered that I don't. Uh, well, you never got to say it to me because we had just asked you the question, so. Well, like earlier when we were talking, we did say him. <laughs> well, we were only talking God about Riker. Damn it. I, I, yeah. Um, nope, you go first. I'll remember mine. Well, there's a, a strong use of herringbone, like stripes. Uh, you know, like uh, yeah. diagonal stripes all over. Yeah. Yeah. So, in that vein, I would have to say this reminds me of uh, Peppermint Hard Candy. Uh-huh. Now, We're going to come across a million games like that <laughs> that make you think of that. But Just I'm saying. pretty sure they'll have more interesting elements in them. Whereas this was just like a generic shooter. Maybe. So... Well, no, I mean, it wasn't just yeah, a This reminds me of a striped hard candy. Like, it's like a striped peppermint hard candy. But not like the uh, the soft, round ones. This reminds me of those yeah, uh, no. those jagged... The hard... Those jagged, hard ones that always have, like, bubbles in them. Meaning that you slice your that tongue like in them. Like, they're, like, months or years old and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, that's what this is to me. What is it to you? Um, like a fruit to go, like gogurt in a tube, because it's like pretty good. 
if you've never seen it before, you're not going to maybe figure it out right away. But as soon as you figure out like what they're meant for and you can flip upside down and just blast and everything, then, you know, then you'll figure it out. You'll start to appreciate it more. <laughs> so it's a go-gurt. Yeah, like a, a you know one of them tubes of yogurt, yogurt tube. Okay, and uh, as for reception, but Nintendo yeah. Power. Uh, what got me, what got this my attention to this was the coverage in Nintendo Power, and when the, yep. it made the cover, and so it yep. had a twelve. I remember we talked about that on one of my issues. Yeah, it had a twelve-page strategy guide, and uh, later issues which means that we'll probably get to one, they included Metal Storm as one of the unsung heroes of the NES because they complemented its inventive play control, its boss design, and its level of challenge. They only blamed low distribution for its lack in popularity and referenced themselves as the best marketing support the game ever received. So uh, Nintendo huh. kind of tooted its own horn on there. But, you know, yeah. giving it a 12-page strategy guide... They did their, they they did more towards making this game known than anyone else ever did. Anybody else really? Yeah, exactly. And uh, IGN ranked it as 46 on the top 100 NES games, calling it a tour de force from a technical perspective because it pushed the NES to its technical limits by introducing parala simulated parallax scrolling and advanced animation techniques. Simulated parallax scrolling. So that's like, like when it's going diagonal. No, parallax scrolling is, I think, uh, backgrounds, you know, when uh, when you're moving oh, and everything in the back. And, and the background moves just slightly off. Yeah, diff while different you're moving to you. right and the background moves slowly to the left because you're looking at two yeah. layers of uh, screen. Yeah. So the fact that you could get that on the Nintendo, which di didn't really support it. So they had to find a way to, like, give the illusion of it. So that was pretty neat. You know, like, on a technical level, they did a great job with the game. It just seemed like a, a generic... Well, not really a generic shooter. I mean, how many of them include gravity manipulation? So, you know, i got to admit, it was a... It was all right, like... Like, I never got, like, angry or bored to the point where I was ready to toss the game, so 
it was pretty darn good. So would we come back for seconds or are we just going to leave this on the plate and be done? Honestly, I tried to play it again. I, I did the walk, uh, not the walkthrough. I did the uh, <laughs> first level again uh, when I like after I beat it the first time. I was still pretty juiced, so I played it again. And then uh, I died a couple times. And I gave up immediately. So uh, I just got a way better analogy. You're done. <laughs> oh man, my better analogy is it's like a ballpark dog where like it's a little bit too big and you really want to eat it, so you start eating it real fast. And then you get into it, and you're like, well, there's still more. I could go again. And then you just kind of keep eating it, and then you're like, no, nah, I'm immediately not interested. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of full on that one, too. So I would not be coming back for seconds. It was a good game. I don't regret playing it, but it just wasn't enough to bring me back. Yeah, exactly. So that wraps up this uh, return episode of the Taste Test. And uh, yep. you can find us pretty much. You want to find us, find the Playing With Power podcast because we're on that channel. Oh, gosh. Come on and say <laughs> hi. We want to hear from you. Yeah, join. If you want to write, uh, write a review and uh, rank us on iTunes, that'd be super sick because iTunes gives a shit. I mean, not that we do, but iTunes does. We just love that you guys love us. That's fine. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you can actually find me on Facebook. You can also find Mike on Facebook because I don't give a shit if you, if you stalk him. You could use some uh, love in his life. Yeah. I'm only talking to, like, or, 40 people on OkCupid right now, so I definitely yeah, use like if it's more socializing. Honestly, listeners, I'm going to say it right now on the table. If it's not me falling asleep mid-podcast or something ridiculous like that, it's him on OkCupid just typing away just, like, a furious fucking feat. <laughs> so you get, like, one or the other. You tell us, who do you like more, Team Brandon or Team Mike? We're doing that again. <laughs> so I decided that right now. And you can find me at Facebook at Brandon Boswell. Um, you can probably narrow it down to uh, the one that says Slight Annoyance Boy um, underneath the Doodle Bop. And uh, if you want to hit me up there, that'd be sick. I want to hear from you anyway. So, Brandon, what are we going to be dining on next week? Hey, we're going to be dining on... A little bit of rare meat. It's the last rarest meat in the kingdom, and it's going to take forever for someone to find it. I guarantee. <laughs> well, I look forward to that. Well, I well, do not. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, the kitchen is closed. humans submit to death and then what? you're going to be asking like no you'll be asking like what the hell is the security drones doing here yeah attention humans submit See, this is why we write this shit down god damn it i love you i wrote it down when i sent it to you at work i didn't have time it's, to access dropbox i, I literally I'm not already have scrolled my phone up on the floor it's not there like <laughs> the other thing that you said the, the little thing anyway
Uh, anyway, the robot will have to get his attention because he because ha- he has to ask what's going on for the robot to reply. No, the robot can just fucking bust in and say cease and desist. We have all your yeah. bases or whatever yeah. the fucking dumb Submit, line is that yeah. you want. All right, I'll just do that. Three, two, one. Submit to capture human. Oh, oh no. They've shut off the hollow deck, and I have no weapons. I gotta get no, out of here. You have to ask the droid what's going on. What? No, just fucking bust open the door and tell me what's going on. Be the yes. man. No, be because the you man, have to ask Mike. Don't be a puss. To, you have to ask what's going on so I can do that. All your base are belong to us. That's just, what kill. That's what nails it. Just bust in the door and say, "Hey, human, <laughs> dickhead, fuck you." Human, all your base are to belong capture. to us. Yeah, just finish the sentence. Don't put oh, a comma so do there. It yourself. Outtake. A steaming hot bowl of justice is in your s- canteen. Keep it. A steaming hot. 